What you want is to be able to understand their perspective, not make them wrong, not win the argument, but really listen to them and get who they are and how they understand the world. This is episode number 509 with Drs. Michael and Barbara Grossman, The Sexy Science of Falling in Love Forever. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you want support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. It's filled with 30 chapters, and each chapter has a tip to help you develop core confidence. And it's divided into three sections, three pillars of core confidence to show up, stand up, and speak up. And they all lead to you having a happier life, a more value in all areas of your life and in your love life. And you can find it now on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. This week's tip from the book is step number 10, forgive yourself and others. It's very difficult to move on from relationships that didn't work out or from anything in your past that didn't work out and to be able to find the love you're seeking when you're holding on to anger and resentment. And so part of this process is to learn how to forgive, really to release yourself from being held back. And so if there's anyone that you're holding on to anger with about, um, if you're feeling like you can't let go of resentment, I invite you to just challenge yourself to think about what it's doing to you, not the other person, but what it's doing to you to hold on to that anger and just let go a little bit today. And before I bring in our guests, I want to invite you to join my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And it is a place of support for people who are in their 40s and over, women in particular, who want to go on their last first date. This is a place where we provide positive feedback. It is not a place to come and just complain because there are a lot of groups that are like that, that have no guidance. My group is guided by seven amazing monitors and me. And so if you would like that support, come and join us at your last first date. And now for my guests, Drs. Michael and Barbara Grossman have taught thousands of couples practical skills to create a fulfilling romantic partnership for the last 25 years. They have appeared on CBS, NBC, Fox, and CW, and they have shared their secrets to having a fulfilling long-term romantic partnership with genuine love that lasts through all phases of life. They are also the authors of an upcoming book, Ageless Love, The Sexy Science of Falling in Love Forever, Prescriptions for Mind, Body, and Spirit. Welcome to the show. Great to be here. Nice to be with you. You are unusual in that you both work together and are together both inside and outside of work. And that can be very challenging to, um, to actually work with somebody that you're married to. So I would love to know, first of all, how do you make that work? <laughs> well, I think it's very important that you each have certain responsibilities and uh, you can appreciate each other for what you do and what your areas of expertise are. So we divide up the responsibilities. So uh, I do certain things in the office. I have my responsibilities. 
Barbara has her areas and her responsibilities. And well, we, we support each other in those, in, in those areas. And we don't, uh, we don't take over each other's responsibilities. We join together in our desires to accomplish certain things in our lifetime. And it's such a privilege to work together in that way. And uh, when we share with our couples and run classes, uh, we each do certain things in the class and we each are responsible for certain things. And it, it just is very fulfilling. And we feel really, really supported by each other. But that's so important to have the, the separate responsibilities and not to do everything 50-50. We also have separate specialties. Michael's a uh, anti-aging doctor. He's involved with hormone health and um, sexual health and longevity generally. I see individuals, mar uh, marriages and families. I look to grow people. We can collaborate from different uh, specializations. So it sounds like you complement and collaborate. You don't step on each other's toes because you know where each of you excels and you respect and honor each, each other's skill set. Yes. And we come together when we run classes, you know, we'd stand up in front of the room, we talk, we share. There's a lot of things that are separate, but when we, it's, it's kind of like ballroom dancing, we're competitive ballroom dancers. And that's such a great metaphor for how to create a relationship that works. So in ballroom dancing, the man has to have certain responsibilities. He directs where you're going, what direction, he sets the timing. And the woman's job is to accentuate all the man's movements and make it look beautiful, like she's the flower and he's the stem. And so, but it, it takes uh, uh, an ability to work together in that way. It's, it's, quite a, uh, it's quite a process to learn how to do that. And it looks effortless, but it's not effortless. It takes time and structure to make that work. Yeah, it's definitely a dance. And <laughs> So share with us some of the secrets that you've learned uh, about how to fall in love forever. Well, I come from the, the place of um, developmental psychology. There are adult stages in development. We just don't become adults and live our lives out as adults. There are distinct stages over time. And if we, and in addition to there being different stages, men and women don't uh, evolve into those stages at the same rate. And so there's inevitable conflicts and tensions that um, occur in a relationship. And if you don't know that, you don't understand that, you know, and you don't know how to move yourself forward and grow, um, you know, it will feel like you're in deep trouble. And a lot of the, um, the issues and challenges in couples that cause people to uh, stop, you know, stop living together, stop being together, can be resolved with understanding and with skills. We teach skills because it's not necessary to, when a, you know, when a man becomes competent, and usually a man becomes competent and successful before most women, because women have babies. And so they, they remain caregivers for an extended period of time. And eventually they catch up and become competent and successful. Either way you cut it, there is going to be conflict and challenge in the relationship. It's not as simple as just dating and falling in love. If a, if a man is you know, developed and independent and the woman is caregiving, they're on different pages and that creates a disconnection. When a woman catches up with her man and becomes competent, there, there becomes a, the possibility of power struggle. Uh, and there's stages that go beyond that that are more softer and um, kinder to relationship. But if you don't understand that the inevitability of these transitions, 
you will you will come to a false conclusion that the relationship doesn't work. And yes, the relationship needs new tools, it needs support, it needs to move beyond that by learning how to really understand and respect each other. And what we do is teach skills so that couples get through that. We are, you know, I am deeply committed to couples growing together, staying together, and supporting their family together. I think it's important to health, individual health, family health, and the health of this country. In our classes, uh, we often will teach that there are three secrets to formula forever. And so Dr. Barber described the first secret, which is if you're expecting a smooth ride in a romantic relationship, you're um, living in a fantasy world, right? Living in a fantasy world. Because the changes are inevitable. Who you are at 20 is very different than who you are at 40, very different than who you are at 60. And, and as, the, as you change, you and your partner, there's a lot of differences that occur. And, and whoever you are in love with when you're 20 and 30 is going to be a different person than when they're 40. And you have to be able to understand this, that it's not the end of the relationship. It just is the natural part of growth. So that's the first secret, getting clear that you're going to change over time and the quality of who you are changes and it creates all kinds of complexities for falling in love forever. You have to understand that big picture. And we often will describe it in detail. And, you know, one of the big pictures to help you understand the changes is that you naturally grow from the time you're a newborn baby, you're totally in love with the mother, you're, you're, you're at one with mother. When you're two years old, you're saying, no, you're railing separate from the people you love. So you move from one side of feeling close to the people you love. The other side, you're two, you're feeling apart. You're six and eight years old. You're feeling great being part of the family again. You're 13 years old and you want to be yourself again. You want to have your own point of view. You're 25. You love being married, part of the family, having children. It's wonderful. You're 35 and 40. You're separate. You want to be independent again and have your own ideas. And then you go back and forth as you get older. There's all these movements. So that is the movements of life. And you've got to accept that and don't be upset by it. That This is what life is about. And you've got to have more skills, as Dr. Barb describes, to go through that. So the first secret is change is inevitable. You're going to go through all these stages and yeah. you both described that really well. Yeah. What is the second secret? Who wants to take that one? Secret number two. Secret number two is if you're not listening without interrupting, then you're not really listening. So when, you're, when your partner is talking to you and you're not agreeing on things, if in your own mind you're planning on, well, as soon as they pause for a minute, I'm going to tell them the way it really is, and I'm going to win this argument. And you're not really listening. You've got to really be open to understanding the person you're listening to, your partner, has a different worldview than you do. We don't know what stage they're at. Are they at you know, one of those stages of being 30 or 40 or 50, whatever? But they have a different perspective than you do. What you want is to be able to understand their perspective, not make them wrong, not win the argument, but really listen to them and get who they are and how they understand the world. And that opens you up 
to the possibility of seeing the world in a bigger way. And it presses you to see the world in a bigger way. And it's not an easy thing to do because we all think we know the way the world is and that this is the right way. Listening to really understand the other person's perspective, not to make yourself right and make them wrong, but to really hear where they're coming from is a, is a real secret. That's a good and, one. And, and we teach how to do that. You know, it's a skill set. So we, you know, in, in our classes, we, we, um, we give a lot of practical instructions so that you learn to do it. It's like ice skating or ballroom dancing or basketball playing. It, it takes time to learn how to do that. Dr. Barber does that one-on-one -on -one with her clients. I would love, Dr. Barber, if you can share a quick tip from one of your workshops on how you help people, how you help couples listen better to each other. So we have a structured exercise that absolutely disciplines uh, partners in how to listen. And it really becomes a one-sided one conversation where one partner talks, the other person listens, and you acknowledge that what you've heard, and you keep listening till the first partner has shared their heart and soul. And then, then you switch, and the same process is in reverse. And then we uh, recommend that there's no conversation about that. Um, for, um, for a period of time so that you can digest what you've heard. So there's, we've interrupted reactivity. And it's important that what we, what we want from our, our couples is for partners to, to have a certain cognitive dissonance where they have to really digest what their partner is saying and hear and understand the internal logic of a different point of view. It takes time to do that. It's very challenging, but it, it grows you as an individual and it grows your partnership because in any conversation there's always two rights there's not a right and a wrong there's two rights and it takes a while to to get to that place and so we've we um and we ask our couples to do that daily while they're in a five-week course with us this is such a challenge for people because we are often formulating a response before the person's even done talking. We think we know better. We have our point of view and this is the right way. And the other person just has to listen to us and get on our, get, get to our point of view. And when you can both honor and respect each other in this way, it's incredible. So I, I love, I love that you also give people the time to process and really giving them that time to not be reactive is so important. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. Secret number three, who would like to take that one? If you expect your partner to naturally and automatically know what it is you want, now that you've changed so much, and now that they've changed so much, uh, you're living in a fantasy world again. So it's very important 
to be able to ask nicely for what it is you want, for what it is that would make you happy. And you've got to be able to ask nicely for that. Don't be mean and cruel about it. Don't be negative about it. Just say, oh, it would really make me happy if, and then you make your request. And we have to learn to make requests of each other um, as we grow and change over, over the lifetime. And it's very important. That is secret number three. And so making requests of our partner, like for instance, well, uh, Dr. Barber, when we were doing this work, whatever, in our, in our, when we were 30 something years old, um, she, she made a request to me that, oh, I couldn't quite, it just didn't make sense to me. She wanted me to kiss her goodbye in the morning when I left, even though I'm in a hurry, I have to find her and give her a kiss goodbye. And when I come home in, in the evening after work, and the kids are there and, and she wanted me to be sure that I found her and gave her a kiss hello. And it seemed like a foreign language to me. You know, I'm busy, there's all these things happening and all this. I mean, you know, what, 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 what? But she said it would make her happy. So I did it, I made it. But, and the surprise was it really made her happy. <laughs> there's all kinds of things like this. We're different people. We come from different families and different experiences. When we were younger and now that we're older, we have different desires. We have to be making requests of each other nicely and don't judge your partner's requests. Very important. That's yeah. secret number three. I love that. And I like that, you know, couching it in, it would make me happy if is a great sentence stem for anybody to do. And the part about not judging their requests is so important. And I remember when I, when I was married, we had, it was one of my first birthdays when um, my husband bought me an ice cream cake because he knew I liked ice cream and he bought it in his favorite flavor, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> and I appreciated the gesture, but not the flavor. <laughs> and so I made a simple request, you know, and I first I thanked him and I appreciated the fact that he thought of me and he bought the nice ice cream cake. And I just said, in the future, can you buy it in whatever flavor I like then, maybe coffee ice cream. And his way of dealing with conflict was just never to buy me ice cream cake again, you know? Like if I couldn't get it right the first time, I'm not doing it ever again, even though I, you know, I couched it in a way that I thought was not, not criticism. It was just, this is, this is what you may not realize is this is my favorite flavor and that would make me happy. And so it was, it was difficult when we had these differences and you can see where doing this work is so important and being, yes. being receptive too. So yes. I think having the workshop where you have both people on board is yes. super helpful. What we teach our, our people in our classes is that when you're thanking your partner for what they've done for you, don't adjust it at all. Just thank them, tell them how great it is and how much you appreciate it and let it get in there and just leave it alone. Mm. Then some hours later or a day later, you can say, you know, I've been thinking about it. It would really make me happy if next time 
instead of chocolate, if we can do vanilla, because I just love vanilla. And, and so this way, uh, they don't feel like there's a butt there where, where, you know, when they do that. So we, we like to let it sink in because guys are so sensitive. They go out of the way to please you. And if you don't think that they're God's gift to, the, uh, to you, then the guys are, they just crushed, crushed. <laughs> you remind me of a story that, that um, Barbara asked me, this was like 30 years ago, to take the telephone wires. Back then, all the telephones had wires on them. And, and in the bathroom, she, it, was, it was, uh, went from the bedroom to the bathroom, and she wanted the wire put under the rug, because it was above the rug. I said, I could do that. So I spent a few hours and took the rug up and pulled it this way and pushed it down and all this. A few hours later, I said, hey, here it is. What do you think? She looks at it and says, oh, well, uh, you know, there's some ripples in the rug. Why don't we get someone who really knows how to do this? <laughs> oh, my God. That just, just, just like yeah, taking a balloon and putting a little, uh, a little uh, hole in it, and it just explodes and deflates. And so that's the way guys are. You know, they look tough, but they <laughs> aren't tough at all. Well, we tend to focus on the negative right away. Like even if somebody says a thousand things that are good, we'll go right to, but they said this and right. that's what we'll focus on. So right. Right. I, I like that idea. I wish I knew that back when I was married. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about conflict because I think this is, this is a big issue that comes up in relationships. And what are your... What's your advice on how couples can overcome conflict to reconnect in a deeper way? So we have a structured exercise for conflict. You make an appointment and you follow the recipe for the exercise and you each get uh, five minutes to share your point of view and then it switches and the other partner shares their point of view for five minutes. And if it's still in a state of um, difference and not, and uh, not ready for reconciliation, you sit on it and you make it another appointment. Uh, and, and, and you're not allowed to talk about it for 24 hours. You gotta just sit with, the, with that, the differences there. And so you don't have arguments. You just sit with that. You both agreed ahead of time that you won't talk about it for 24 hours after the discussion. And so the process uh, unfolds very organically where over over the, the next day or two or three, you share deeper and deeper because having shared what you shared, you now go to a, another level of your point of view and it, it uh, reshapes itself and it gets softer in some ways and you get clearer in other ways. And the conversation inevitably resolves itself over time. And the bottom line is you make requests and, you, and agreements and it allows you to work together in partnership. With, with respect for both parties. And, and by doing this process, it stretches you to see the world differently. Because you get to see, because you listen to your partner for five minutes. You're saying, I can't believe they see the world that way. I can't believe that that's the way they had that happen and they saw it totally differently than me. And after you sit with that for a while, it creates your ability to see a bigger picture of your life together and to appreciate who your partner is and who you are. When Dr. Barbara described, you know, the growth that occurs over a lifetime, relationship presses you to grow. It presses you to grow. If you don't have an intimate relationship, 
you can just stay like you are and you think everything is good. And there's nothing that moves you into a higher level. These higher levels of personal integration will allow you to open your heart and experience God in your life. God is so much bigger than your point of view. And unless you're open to seeing it from a bigger point of view, you're never going to have these spiritual experiences. You're going to be stuck and you think you know it all. Plus, um, you, none of us know what we're sitting on until we're in relationship. For example, Michael and I have a lot of affinities, but we also have profound differences. Michael was um, raised in a family that was fundamentally a team. They worked together, they played together, they ate big meals together. I'm an only child. My mother was divorced and we married. Uh, I spent a lot of time by myself. I am very much a solo player. And uh, because I wasn't raised by two parents at the very beginning of my life, my father disappeared. It was confusing. It, it looked to me like my mother made sure he wasn't in my life. That left me with trust issues. So um, you don't know that you're sitting on those kind of differences until you get really close up front with someone and you're trying to work out life with them. And so um, uh, sharing our personal stories and our points of view and our experiences allows, um, has allowed me to heal some of my, my lack of trust and has stretched me to become more of a team player, even though that's not my uh, fundamental mode of being. And, um, and Michael, I, I believe, has been stretched to share more deeply his feelings and be much more of a um, unique individual with personalized feelings. And so we've grown tremendously over time. And all of those differences could have been a, a force of, of um, a conflict and misunderstanding, but it's become a place for profound development. That's beautiful. You know, a client asked me today, how much do we need to heal before we're in relationship? And how much does relationship heal us? And I think it's a combination. I think we need to do our own work. And we also heal more fully in a relationship. We can't do it all on our own. So it sounds like you're saying something similar. I'm just curious if you have something to add to that. Absolutely. You need to know yourself. You need to really know your values. You need to really have a, a centered sense of your talents and interests so that you can establish, you know, what affinities are appropriate for you. So you need to develop yourself, you know, whether you're together or an in separate, um, or, uh, whether you're single or, ma or married, and that becomes a foundation for choosing an appropriate partner for yourself. And so development needs to occur all throughout life, whether you're partnered or not. And it only enhances the development that's possible when you're in partnership. Yeah, totally. Dr. Barbara and Dr. Michael, my final question is, what is your best advice for somebody who wants to go on their last first date? Well, again, you need to know yourself. You need to know your interests and values. Uh, you need to be you know, fairly defined. And you need to know what you're looking for. You need to know yourself so that you can find affinity and you need to know what's most important about a partner. And I, I believe that women and men should not date just one person at a time. They should date at least three people at a time and uh, rule out what's not appropriate for them. Um, it's so easy to just bond because there's a lot of nice people out there. 
you want to be conscientious about looking into your values and your interests and your competencies in life. And um, so seeing three, at least three people and, and uh, ruling out someone and, and uh, adding someone to your calendar to complete the three at all times until you find the one um, is a, a mechanism for really being thoughtful about your choice and not just going with your feelings or being pulled by desperation. Great. And Dr. Michael? It's very important to be open to experiencing love. And that actually, in a peculiar way, means that you have to be centered in yourself. And so being centered in yourself means that you need to have your own interests, your own desires for what makes you happy. And you have to find those things, whether it be a career, whether it be you know, dancing or, or swimming or tennis, or whether it be going to different shows or reading different books or joining certain clubs, you have to have your own interests and the things that you love and that you enjoy. And you can't just make that you're looking for that person out there to make you happy. You have to have that inside yourself. So each person has to find that when you're excited about your life and of what you love and you just express that that is super attractive to the opposite person. Beautiful. What is the best way for people to find you? You can go to agelesslovequiz.com. We'll take you to our courses, our online courses. We have five different courses that will lead you to the biggest challenge you have in your, in your relationship. And these courses are designed by us and run by us and they have homework. And it's really a absolutely wonderful way to dissolve that challenge in your relationship. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your secrets for lasting love. Not only do you teach it, but you live it. And I love seeing living examples of people who walk their talk. Excellent. Thank you. It's been a Thanks pleasure so to be with you. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us, share, share with a friend. It always helps us grow even larger and reach more people. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.